Welcome to the Sportress Podcast, Nana Nana Sports for another week. I'm Dan and I'm here with Hamish. It's just me and you again today. Yep. Well, not again, because last week it was just me and Ben, and now it's just me and you. Yeah, now it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, it's another pre-Raiders podcast, so... That's exciting, because yeah. it means that we get to watch Raiders afterwards. Yeah, it'll be for my first Raiders game for the year, which is exciting, because I was camping last weekend. What even is camping? We went up to the Hauka River. It was I, I don't know what that is. It it's a river. We sat league, there, but... sat in some water. It was awesome. Baby, babies oh. got so fucking dirty though. It was amazing. Is that a bad thing for babies? Um, no, they just looked disgusting. It looked like we were really neglectful parents, and it was impossible to keep them clean. You'd like wash them, and then they'd. Speaking of things that are impossible to keep clean, Australia's winning record in India. Boom, segue. Oh, that was a good segue. Uh, um, it fell apart this week, and I would argue largely because of our batting. Do you think that's fair? Uh, it's very fair. Mm. Um, our batting wasn't good enough. Let's start with, uh, it was portrayed in sections of the media, not in the Australian media to its credit, but often in the uh, article, the foreign press, uh, portrayed it as a surprise we didn't chase 188. For At any point in that chase, did you think we'd get there? Uh, I was the most optimistic of all four of us in our group chat, yep. and I had us getting, I think, 120. No, I didn't think we'd ever get there. I think... Uh, Winviz was really funny on this one because it was giving us a really big chance. But what the biggest title that had been chased before that was like two hundred and four or something. Yeah, two hundred and two on that ground. It seemed super weird. Oh, and Winviz had us in front at the point that all Australians thought they were absolutely not in front, which was Mitch Marsh was at the crease. Yeah, it was crazy. So Steve, when Steve Smith got out, most Australians, I presume, were like, ah, and then Mitch Marsh came in. I guess he showed a bit of positive intent he hit he hit a couple of uh quite nice shots to be perfectly honest before getting out but winviz had us uh 53 percent yeah i think winviz wasn't taking into account the fact that australia's tail at the moment starts at six rather than eight now i think that's an interesting uh takeaway from that because we didn't score many runs in either innings one of the things that happened in both innings was in the absence of a Stark-led recovery, basically 6 through 11 scored nothing. Wade can bat, but he's not that great. Marsh is an out-and-out tail ender um, in terms of his test cricket. So the thing with Marsh always watching, watching him is he is pretty to watch. Mm. And boy, can he hit a nice ball. Yeah. Uh, and boy, can he look good doing it. His defence like is not, not really existent. So mm. it's not... He's very heavy-handed, which seems really not ideal for Indian conditions. No, well, just for and any anywhere where there's movement. So yeah. he's it's, why he's such a good one-day player yeah. is that there isn't movement, and yeah. he hit, you know, hits through the line is amazing. Anywhere where there's movement, he's very very poor, and and we've seen it in his Test career. I mean, I personally almost have more faith in Hazelwood to be able to defend 50 balls than Marsh. Right, so... When it's moving around. If we were batting for a draw, you'd be sending in Joshy Hazelwood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Mitch Marsh is now injured. He's broken something. I didn't even look at what he'd broken. I think I was just so excited at the prospect of him getting sent home. Not because I don't think he's a good cricketer. I think he potentially has a future for Australia. Just, I think he's completely overwhelmed by the situation. I I really feel sorry for the kid because... His stats are bad, mm. especially with the bat. He's mm. clearly not in the best sort of headspace and mm. form and the rest of it. Kid needs like, he needs 12 to 18 months playing Shield and County cricket mm. and just focusing on these on Learning all these the technical flaws that just get 
brutally exposed every time he bats. It's like, if he does that, he's got the skills to be a top six. He's just not there yet. Now, there's two replacements here. Uh, Marcus Stoinis has been picked as a replacement in the squad. Now, that's a controversial selection because he hasn't had, outside of his wonderful one-day uh, exploits in New Zealand, he hasn't had the best summer with the bat or the ball. <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> what, he averages 14 with the bat yeah. and, like, 40s with the ball. And you I flip gotta, those, it'd be amazing. I've got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Marcus Stoinis, much in the same way I'm in on Mitchell Marsh. Clearly a talented cricketer. Brett G's had a piece this week in which he labelled him probably as a, a one-day specialist. I thought that was a bit harsh. I think Stoinis has the capacity to be a proper first-class batsman uh, who can also bowl. I think he does. He's very Mitch Marsh in that, again, watching him, I mean, that, that 140 he scored in the one day, it was amazing to watch. Some of those shots were just ridiculous. And all timing and strength, yeah. Yeah, and, but again, you put, like, I've, I haven't watched him much of him play, but the whole thing is that apparently he's, you know, put him, put him against a seeming or spinning ball, and all of that counts for very little, I think that's the problem. That's why he's, he's a really bad selection for these tests. But anyway. So, uh, if he doesn't play, it will be either Glenn Maxwell, Ashton Agar, or Usman Khawaja. Putting your I'm Trevor Holmes hat on, who do you think they're going to go with? I think they're going to go with Marcus Stoinis. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think that that's my I'm Trevor Holmes hat because yeah. my I'm Trevor Holmes hat immediately like wow. it's, it's laced with LSD and it's got a whole lot of weird ideas. Because um, um, to me, it's a discussion right now, right, uh, whether or not you want uh, Glenn Maxwell or Usman Khawaja, right? That's what the sh- discussion should be. And I mean, I don't think Khawaja's even in the, the in the frame at the moment. Yeah, like, it's, it's, what did he do in Dubai that was so awful? Because he didn't get to play the warm-up game here. There was inter-squad game in Dubai that they played. And apart from that, there's been no mention of him as a possibility to play. Like, basically, as soon as they got to India, it was Usman Khawaja won't be playing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they, they did telegraph that a long way out, mm. saying that they didn't trust him against spin during summer a number of times. I think it's just that. Um, it is interesting that I they think, don't trust him against spin, but they trust several other batsmen who seem to be struggling, uh, David Warner being one of them. I think the thing with this that's weirder is Glenn Maxwell's sort of thing, because there's a very real chance he misses out. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Maxwell needs long-form cricket. Glenn Maxwell is a very talented cricketer. Mm-hmm. I'd say a more talented batsman than Stoinis and Mitch Marsh, mm-hmm. and who just hasn't played... Long like multi-day cricket for years. Through no fault of his own. No. It's not like he's avoiding it. It's just he gets they do things like pick him to play to carry the drinks for three one days instead of playing a shield match. Or exactly, and now he's sitting on the sideline in India yeah. while he not could playing be playing shield, shield games. games. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Like, is this? Do you run over Lehman's cat? He's just dragged along to, to, to carry the drinks. Yeah, it's spiteful. Active, they're actively stopping him from playing Shield cricket. Like, if anyone ever complains about him not being good in Shield, you can actually say it's not like he's not trying. Yeah, well, it's borderline spiteful now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just starting to broom up all these crazy conspiracy theories about yeah. about what Glenn Maxwell did. So, if Maxwell does play, that adds a bit of starch. Well, at least the potential for starch to the batting lineup. I don't see him as someone who will struggle with the conditions at all. I think the conditions are almost irrelevant to him. 
But I uh, totally, and I think like while he doesn't like his defense is a lot more solid yeah. than Mitchell Marsh, and he can but always. When you score. say defense, so you have to say it's sound. That's the word that goes with sound. It's like how you get bundled out of a tennis open. Defense uh, yeah. is always sound. His defense is sound. Uh, <laughs> ish. Yeah, soundish. <laughs> Uh, but it's better, and he can always he will score. That's no right. He, he, we won't have those. We won't have an issue when he's at the crease of uh, allowing Jadeja and Ashwin to tie us down. And yeah, um, and he could do really, really well. I think. And then his bowling will be useful, uh, especially if they give us a t- rank well, turn he, again. Yeah, his bowling is particularly um, useful in India because whether or not you turn it, it's irrelevant. The pitch yeah. is going to do the work for you. So I think he'll be. He's he, quite flat through the air as well. Yeah, it doesn't spin the ball much. He'll be perfect. So, I think he's, he's the person who should be picked. I'm expecting Stoinis. Wouldn't be surprised if they pick Agar. That would it... be astonishing. That would be... Like, I'd be more surprised if they picked Agar. His oh. batting record's on par with Marsh. I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they both average mid-20s, right? Yeah. Actually, I think, I think Ashton, but on, um, on account of that 198, averages 32 or something in test cricket. So, oh, yeah. actually sort of better test batting average than his, one, uh, his first class <laughs> average. Well played, sir. Anyway, it's all a bit ridiculous. And mm. I don't... I mean, I think from here, uh, I think Matt's tip of 2-2. I'm, I'm now not very confident. <laughs> I think we're... Think with with, 4-0. Yeah, with 4-0. <laughs> I think it's returned to normal now. Yeah. We saw... We saw that happen and I think we're done. That 180 um, was a real opportunity to take a test series that we weren't expected to get. Well, and the thing with that was Lion bowled some of the best spin bowling you'll ever see. Like, that's not that's not repeatably good. Like, that was excellent. Yeah. And so you can't... I don't think we can rely on that again. And so I don't think we'll get India in well, that position again. Well, to be honest, uh, it's interesting because the Indians seem to have a better plan for Stephen O'Keefe in this test. They've watched some tape and they Worked didn't yeah. didn't treat him like a first class bowler who's rubbish and it seemed to work. Yeah. They were all over him, a bit more patient. Mm. Now the the other I guess variable in all this is that Mitchell Stark has a foot fracture and's out for well presume definitely for the next two tests. Presumably whatever they if they go to Bangladesh he's not going as well. And it, I don't know how long a fractured foot takes to heal, but because it's a stress fracture. Um, we could be talking no Mitchell Stark for Ashes as well. Yeah, he could be out for a while, um, which is which will be interesting. Um, I now, think. Oh, the, look! If Pato and Cummins, like Pato especially, gets fit, I don't think we'll miss him that much. Term. Yeah. Now but it's not. There's not that long to go till the Ashes, so that's yeah, a big if. In the short term, they're um, they're bringing Pat Cummins over uh, for Mitch Stark. Pat just successfully completed his first first class game in. Five years. Yeah, five years. Um, do you see any risk of sending him to the Indian pitches uh, this early in his recovery? I see all of the risk, and I just don't. I don't think this is sensible in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, but anyway, we seemingly want to injure him and put him out for another year. Oh, the other thing here is poor Jackson Bird because. I wouldn't so you, surprise me if they picked yeah. Cummins. All right, as like a, we need a bit someone with a bit of pace who can get something out of yeah. it instead of Jackson Bird, who's, yeah. who ostensibly is it's decided he's the backup to Hazelwood. 
Yeah, and I think I, I think Jackson Bird would be really good on these decks. I think he'd love it. He yeah. bowled, most of his bowling is for LBWs, and that's mm. what you're doing when you're a pace bowler. And know? being a bit slower is going to help. Yeah. He's going to get a bit more out of those pitches, a bit more, a bit more variability. He's going to be dangerous. Like Kumble, <laughs> 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 that's right. <laughs> I, I think it's a terrible decision, but it's the decision that they were going to make. So, what do you do? Um, Fingers crossed that he stays fit and doesn't get picked in any of the tests. That's really the thing, isn't it? Because he could be going over there and the, the big negative is that he just misses out on Shield yeah. games and you know building recovery. Yeah. The the possible negative, like the bigger risk, is that they actually pick him in a test and mm. then in two weeks' time, me and you are sitting here going... So, the replacement for Pato for the last test. What do you reckon they're sending Chad Sayers over for? No. Um, this re- review debacle uh, that everyone's a little bit upset about, but yeah. Garrett Coley was the most upset about it. So, let, let's pair it back. So, for those who don't know, at one point in the last test, uh, Steve Smith was given out LBW. He met with his colleague, uh, Peter Hanscom, who said you should look up into the... Quite obviously gesticulated to the to the uh, pavilion and said you should look up and ask them. Uh, at which point, Nigel Long stepped in and said, you can't review now because you can't consult externally. Now, so we all agree that that's wrong. Peter Hanscom said it was wrong. Yep. Steve Smith, I think, referred to it as a brain fade. Yeah. Virat Kohli was very upset. And He's incredibly upset. accused him of cheating, which... To an extent, it is. It's, he was wrong to do it, right? Let's forget that the, the pejorative of cheating is is loaded. Um, Virat also claimed he did it more than once. Uh, do you buy that? Do you see any likelihood in that? No, because as soon as... like, So, so we all saw how obvious it was. Like, if you're going to be fun to like, devise a way to cheat, mm. um, communicating with... That sort of your teammates who are 150 meters away in the middle of a pitch yeah. with fans and your opponents and umpires all around you that's being videoed is the dumbest way in the world mm. to do it. If they were doing this, there would be all of the evidence yeah. and someone would have quickly cut together a YouTube video. That's thing. right. The and Indian <laughs> Rob Moody would have come up yeah. with, a, with a, a very. Uh, uh, yeah. So clearly, what well, clearly it hasn't been happening, and Coley's just got off the reservation, which is why he's so great and so fun. So why do you think he went off the reservation? Oh, because he's, uh, you know, he hates losing, and he's, you know, this is this is the way he rolls. So I've got a, I've got a, a, a more tin tinfoil hat version for you. Yeah, Coley's been awful at um, at reviews, comically awful. Right? Yeah, hilariously comically awful, like just genuinely. Beyond comically awful. So you think that he thinks that nobody else can be good at them because he's not good at them. That makes sense. It's not like this is the first time he's gone and made mm. accusations about things that are varying degrees of founded. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's it's part of the theatre. I liked it. Um, I, I didn't. I thought thought all of the reactions of like were all a bit over the top, but I found it entertaining. So. Our man Bozza wrote a piece uh, that I just put up this morning on on the, the drama surrounding this. And one of the points he made that I thought was fascinating that I'd completely forgotten was that Brendan McCullum essentially did the same thing in the one day as against Australia this year in which he looked up to the, um, the scoreboard after uh, they'd made an appeal and referred on the basis of what he saw on the replay. Yeah. Um, and at the time, that was just seen as 
there was no questions raised, basically. It was seen as canny. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. Like, very different context. One day is that don't matter. Day, yeah. And, I, I mean, if we're talking philosophically, I don't think there's any... I don't think... I don't really see a reason to outlaw that anyway. Mm. I mean, I don't... Well, s- it's unregulatable. Yeah, on the, the advantage that you get's minimal. Like, who gives a shit if you're... Um, communicating you've got 10 or 15 seconds to communicate with people 150 metres away who are watching a small screen I mean I don't think your decision making is important well yeah and the, the other thing that's assumed is that they effectively what you're assuming is that the other that the people have ball tracking but that takes longer ball. than that to exactly to when the professionals model, who so do it ta- it takes them like 15 seconds to do ball tracking there's a reason they do ball tracking last and it's yeah. because it takes them that well, long well yeah you're talking about a minute probably to yeah. get ball tracking up so I mean it's not the whole thing's all a bit of a storm and teacup, but it was fun. Um, I think the biggest thing with this with this is the thing I really liked was Coley's come out and accused Smith of cheating, or pretty much done that. And then it turns out that he gets to pick the pitch that yeah. the next test is played on which, and gets to, to make all those decisions, which is highly unethical in terms of a fair contest. What I really liked about that story, now we're referring to, I think, a news.com article which they said... The curator for the upcoming test said he would pre- uh, prepare three pitches. He's not preparing a pitch to Coley's like. He's preparing three pitches. Then Coley will pick which of the three he likes. So he goes full Goldilocks on it. Yeah. Which is just... That's stunning. Uh, that's a lot of effort for a curator. Preparing one pitch is a lot of work, right? Yeah. To go to the effort of preparing three separate pitches uh, in order for Coley to be able to pick, that's amazing. It's pretty flabbergasting, and it's also it just totally smashes that thing that everyone tries to avoid when, you know, when they're talking about their home pitches, and mm. it's always like the curator has full control, and all this. Everyone knows that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. This is this is purely just throwing all of that out of the water and going, no, we're preparing three to suit Coley. Like this is so out there. This is what makes this different to anything else. So ultimately, we don't really care. Basically, no, I don't care. I think you should have to. You should be good on playing in any wickets. I like. I like wickets that are different. I'm not. So we're gonna get a turning wicket. Uh, I guess so. So my guess is that the wicket will be much more like the last couple of days of uh, Bengaluru than the first couple of days. If that makes sense, it'll be slow. It'll turn a lot. Yeah, no, we're gonna get a slow turner because they're the ones that suit India and don't suit us. So anything with a bit of pace and bounce, if it turns, suits us more than them. Because that's what Nathan Lyon, that first day, yeah. it was uh, he was extracting all kinds of bounce. Yeah, uh, he was bowling amazingly. But if it's slow turn, he becomes far less dangerous. And Ashwin and Jadeja, who bowl you know, up in the hundreds, mm. uh, a lot faster, they become a lot more dangerous. So anyway, that's the test cricket. <laughs> Right, uh, NRL. So far this week, it's been another cracker of a start to the week. We had Thursday night football again. Bunnies and uh, sorry, not bunnies. Uh, roosters and doggies. Uh, roosters had a tougher time than it seemed they should. Um, let me put a, a take to you. I don't think the doggies are good at all. I don't think they're a top eight side. I I don't think the doggies are a top eight side. I thought. I felt uh, that would be more controversial. <laughs> no, I don't know. I last year I didn't think they were a top eight side, and they came fifth. And but they were. It was one of those. They they were a shit side last year. Yeah, like, I agree. They weren't a good side. They weren't 
a side that should have finished where they well, did. Well, they've, they've got uh, they've got they've got an amazing forward pack, and on Thursday night their strategy was really straightforward. It was we are going to get that forward pack rolling. We're going to get Tolman and uh, Graham and Clemmer and and Jackson going through the middle quickly, quick play the balls, and just pound it right down to the twenty. When they get to the twenty, their plan becomes we're just gonna. Spread it wide, almost like you would if you were playing a PlayStation version of NRL, and yeah. hope that we just catch them with more people outside. Their real problem is they have no ball playing. They got literally no ball playing. Like so Branko Lee, so really a whole Raiders Raiders player, Branko Lee, provided for like the first more than half of that game, provided all their playmaking, and he's playing center. Yeah, and he's like a guy with. A handful of first grade games yep. under his thing, all of them on the wing, and he immediately looked like the best playmaker on that team. Yeah, and he he was. And then when they lost uh, the winger whose name escapes me, and he moved out on and spent more time on the wing, he became like they became not useless, but they just uh, it became harder for them to score. Now when they did score, because they ended up scoring, I think five tries for the game. Yeah, um, that some of them were hilarious, but uh, there was one. Where I, f- I forget who it was, which forward it was, uh, but they ran. It was just all it was was the forward cutting, running a line back against the grain. It was as simple as that. And the Chooks' defense was just completely shocked because they'd not seen it all night because everything had just been side to side to side to side. Their their game plan, the doggies' game plan, was with the side to side was pretty ridiculous. Well, and they did it a bit last year, and it's just so boring. I wonder if what they've got is too many middle forwards and not anyone and not any edge forwards with ball playing. So if they're missing a like to put it in Raiders parlance, if they're missing a Whitehead or a C.S. Soliola who you can sit on that fringe who will have a bit of ball playing as well as being a forward. I don't know. I think. It's, it's partly that. It's partly... I mean, the Raiders would, like, take Hodgson out and we immediately, all of those ball playing you see in those lesser... in those forwards and centres and stuff, a lot of that immediately disappears because suddenly you don't have early ball. Yeah, you don't have opportunities space, to do yeah. shit. And you suddenly, you just look bog ordinary. I think, for me, the dogs, like, most of it is that... Like, Hassel's doing good, doing a pretty decent job with what he's got. Yeah. He's just got nobody who can create anything. Yeah. And it's kind of sad to watch. Yeah, I can like, understand that. They'll win a bunch of games. They'll be ugly and boring as fuck doing it. Yeah. And I really hope they don't make the eight. Well, I sort of do. And I hope the chances <laughs> are. I reckon any 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 top six team that makes the eight would want them in the first week of the finals. They would. That's why I don't want them there. They're yeah. going to be... They get just like misfiring because we might talk about them later a misfiring inconsistent Warriors beats them any day of the week well I did want as for entertainment value in the finals I did want to get onto that because last night I don't know what the Storm's doing but they're bringing the Storm with them wherever they go they had uh, absolute horrible weather for their game last week and then backed up with it again last night which in New Zealand just some astounding weather like it was genuinely like a swimming pool out there in the first half. It was it was it was stunning. It was it was as wet as I've seen a rugby league game. Uh, the Warriors outside of their spine, which was much vaunted and which I relied on as a, a big indicator of what I thought would be a successful side this year, was not as good as it could be. Isaac Luke uh, has not been elite as he can be. Yeah. Um, Sean Johnson is Sean Johnson and has been very Sean Johnsony. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Foran hasn't played yet. No. And Shaq hasn't found the space 
that he found when he was playing for the Roosters. Yep. Um, so they, were, they, they got beaten by the Storm. Uh, they didn't look awful doing it, but they didn't look like a, a serious competition for the Storm. Yeah, I, I miss this game. The thing I'd say with that, though, is that it's the Warriors. That team can look so woeful it's not funny and turn around next week and look like they're going to win the Premier Well, and they did often look woeful last night, but still remain competitive. For yeah, the so game. if they're doing that, like, give them a few weeks, they, they could still be a top four team. I didn't pick them there, but they're the Warriors. They could be a top four team. So speaking See how of it goes. top four teams, I'm giving myself a trifecta on these takeaways. That is well done. Uh, Broncos played Cows last night in a second Golden Point game for the Cowboys this year. It was a great game. It was two teams just absolutely going at it. Uh, yeah. uh, two big forward packs. And you got to see the Broncos really dominated in the first half. But in the second half, you got to see the Cowboys do through the middle of the park what they did to the Raiders last week, which was just Tamalolo. Uh, Bolton and Scott before he tore his ACL go through the middle of the park and just dominate the, the Broncos it's it's another golden point game JT kicks a field goal wins the game again and you sort of sit there and go you know uh, the Cowboys could be 0-2 easily yeah no easily but uh, they are they've, had, they've had a tough opening though mm-hmm. like they played us, yep. and I didn't see last week, but apparently we were good. We were pretty good. And the Broncos are going to be top four. They are. Mm. I, I feel it. I think they've got the side for it. Their side's good. Mm. They seem to be playing well, so the Cows are doing well. Um, now, they don't have Matt Scott for the rest of the season with his torn ACL. Sean Fenton, baby! I was about to ask, <laughs> can we get Sean Fenton? Do you think he's going to be on the field next week? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. He deserves to be playing first grade somewhere. He's one of the most likable footballers going oh, around. How can you not like Sean Fenson? Yeah. You don't like Sean Fenson, you're a bad person. Yeah, I hope he plays first grade and I'll be cheering him on every minute. Um, so, big game tonight in, what, 45 minutes we'll be watching that. Uh, Raiders, must win? No. No? No. You, you say if we're 0-2 as of 9.30 tonight, you're not fussed? No, not fussed. Really? I like well, we started last season pretty slow. I expecting us to slow start this season relatively slow. Um, just the way we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we've still got a lot to work. Probably got still. Uh, I didn't see last week, but I'm sure our hearts probably aren't firing yet. They didn't fire. Uh, yeah. Austin looked a little bit better. Austin ran the ball a couple of times that's and good. Looked, looked like 2015 Austin running the ball. If that makes sense. Yeah, so that's good. But uh, you know, I expect us to take a little while to kick into gear. I think the Sharks are probably going to do the same, so I'm giving us a pretty decent chance of winning this game. But yeah, right. so if you if you had to put a percentage on a Raiders win tonight at home, it's going to be twenty five thousand, not twenty five, over twenty thousand people there. Big Viking clap. Sixty five percent. Sixty five percent. So yeah. same same chances that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, this is a controversial opinion, but the Sharks are not quite as bad as Donald Trump. That is a very controversial opinion. <laughs> if I still had Mick Ennis, I might not agree with you. <laughs> Alright, uh, happy thing for the week. Mish, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, well, first of all, Mick Fanning is returning to surfing. Oh, really? Full time, which oh, is nice. Yeah. Um, Mick Fanning's... I, I mean, I only follow surfing casually, but... Mick Fanning's one of the, like one of the good guys. 
he had a pretty tough 2015. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've all seen the J-Bay sort of near-miss shark attack. Mm. Uh, his brother died. You know, his uh, sort of marriage broke up. Spent last year, competed in a few events, but part-time. So he's back, and it's good. It's nice, good. it's nice to sort of see him getting back on his feet. So that'll be good. Good for surfing. Very good for surfing. And a very good for what I wouldn't even call myself a casual surfing surfing observer, but I know who Mick Fanning is, and so I always go for those people, and I, I'm like, oh, I know that name. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's nice. Um, the other thing is, so Rush is having a bit of a tough time with the news; they're being yeah. slammed a lot. Sure. You know, um, so good Russian sort of feel good story. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when it's from. Ben shared a video of eight year old Russians. Train ice training uh, in ice, ice hockey, hockey yeah. and it is phenomenal. They are uh, some serious skilled kids, right? These kids are just. Don't you like watch that and go like if that was on dry land? They're, they're basically uh, listener uh, doing an obstacle course with ice skates. Well, sometimes while sort of moving a puck around, it yeah. is phenomenal. Um, and we'll put it up in the show notes so you can check out the link. Um, mm. But it's the kind of thing that I saw and went couldn't actually do that on dry land you know what I mean not even close yeah. like it was amazing they would absolutely destroy the mighty ducks <laughs> <laughs> which of course is the uh, bar we always use to measure all 8 year old hockey players that's like the extent of my hockey knowledge so um, you know that was, that made me happy and the last thing was I've started following the NBA this year yep. really loosely yep. uh, and I started following the Timberwolves and we beat the Warriors yeah, today yeah that Warriors yeah baby yeah well that's good uh, I didn't see that game was it close? I didn't watch it either <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was close uh, we won by one point right right, right. Um, no, Warriors continue their difficult period but yeah nice to win um, my happy thing for the week is so I listen to a basketball podcast called Cookies the basketball podcast which yeah, is yeah. fine it's fun, it's a pretty lighthearted take on, on basketball. And uh, this week they interviewed your old man Drew, who is one of my favourite, well not my favourite, but a very good hip-hop artist that I really like, who's putting out his second album, album soon. Often when um, people that you quite like get interviewed in this space like that, you're always like, oh, I'm really disappointed he turned out to be stupid <laughs> or sexist or whatever. Uh, but turns out he's just a fucking legend. And, That's awesome. And like, uh, they were talking about my friend, Mike Frances- Francesca's claim that a woman can never coach in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, your old man Drew basically just said, That's bullshit. And I was so pleased to hear that. It was really good uh, to hear that someone I had a lot of time for was actually a cool guy. That's awesome. Yeah. I, it's especially awesome because you, the way the world works these days with sort of the internet and everything else. And the, all of the places that you can expose your terrible views, it's very rare for anybody to be talked to for a while and not say something problematic. Yep, totally. And he nailed it. And he even, uh, what I love too, was that he even had some old school basketball, like, because he was a basketball fan, but normally when you hear a famous person talking about basketball, they're like, I really like Kobe. Kobe's always been my guy. I mm-hmm. like LeBron and I like Steph Curry. And you're yeah. Like, all right, oh, you know, all right, so you like basketball, but you don't actually watch basketball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but he was like, you know what? He was talking about the early uh, 2000s uh, New Jersey Nets team. He was like, I was, you know, uh, Kerry Kittles and Keith Van Horn. And I'm like, wow, that is like early Nets because that's before <laughs> Keith Van Horn got traded and they put Richard Jefferson in the starting lineup. 
Yeah, that's like some back in the day caring about basketball uh, and not good players. He said Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill is like the 90s poster child of like guy who was sort of good but not really. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he never quite made it as a star, but he was always sort of... He scored a lot, right? Yeah. A good third guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so he was talking about Kendall Gill, and I was just like, you are legitimately a basketball fan. <laughs> So that was great. I love how happy that makes you. Yeah, I was really, I was really, I was really chuffed. Up. But anyway, um, I think that's enough for this week. So we're going to go watch the Raiders and hopefully they'll win. But uh, you can catch us on Twitter at the Sportress, Facebook, uh, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that kind of gear. Get around us and you know share, link, review, all that kind of stuff is really helpful. See you guys. Bye. Rad.